Hi, this is Mike. And this is Sean. Welcome to The Cooling Tower, our straight talk podcast where we explore all things atomic. Inside The Cooling Tower, we interview atoms and deep dive into interesting topics and perspectives that are worth sharing. Sean and I have our guest, Savan Sarah, in The Cooling Tower today. Welcome to the show, Savan. Hi, thanks for having me here today. So Savan is a software consultant and developer at Atomic. She's been with Atomic since mid-2018. And outside of Atomic, Savan enjoys just about everything outside, including disc golf, snow skiing, sailing, and camping. And inside, she enjoys overly complicated board games and sci-fi novels. So what kind of overly complicated board games are we talking about? Um, I've been known to play some Cosmic Encounters, Mysterium, Terraform, a few Marses. Okay. So um, a lot of like four-dimensional like board building games. Uh, I prefer like co-op games, so where you get to win together with your friends. I can be kind of competitive and don't want to upset anyone. It can be more fun to like win together than to cause a rift. I don't think I've never played one of these four-dimensional games. Is it like multiple people at the same time? Like what's the time span of a game? It really depends. It varies from game to game. Terraforming Mars can take like three to four hours, depending on like the rule variations you play with. So that's definitely not like the longest game out there by any stretch, but that's kind of like an average, I'd say. Nice. Nice. So today we're going to discuss Savan's experience learning to sell custom software services. Uh, Savan's part of our career accelerator program, and for one of her professional development projects, she decided to learn about Atomic's sales process. Being able to market and sell is vital to our success as an organization. And for the most part, Atomic has a practitioner-seller model, and that means the people who sell for Atomic were a maker at some point in their career. So today we're, we're not only going to talk to Savan about her experience selling, but we're also going to talk to her about her experience with the Accelerator. And, and Sean and I will also spend some time discussing the history of uh, the Accelerator and what it's meant for Atomic. So I'd love to kick us off by asking you, Savan, I'm curious to hear what your experience with the Accelerator program has been like. You know, what's the program like? Who's in your cohort? What are you learning type things? Yeah, definitely. So I'll give a quick overview of the program, then talk more specifically about my experience. Mm -hmm. So the Accelerator program is a two-year professional development program for people new to Atomic who are just starting their professional career as software makers. So that means that in their first two years, we give them extra professional mentorship, guidance, more regular check-ins to make sure things are staying on track and that they feel they're getting the new challenges that are necessary to accelerate your professional growth. So that can mean different things for different people. I think there's a lot of reading usually that goes into that, a lot of like thinking critically about your professional goals and where that's going to go. There's also a social aspect to the Atomic Accelerator program. We hire folks in a cohort. So there's me and three other folks in my cohort, uh, Joni Davis, Jillian Rickard, and Patrick Pale. And it's been nice to join with them and be able to share our experience and come from different backgrounds together and be able to share that with them. So that's added an awesome aspect. That's really neat. It's almost like that that teaming aspect that you talked about earlier with uh, um, the board games that you like to play. Yeah, that that's an interesting connection. I hadn't thought of that before. I think the accelerator for me has been really valuable in that I am you know, really interested in investing in myself right after college. That's been like the paradigm. And it's felt right to be at a company where they're also investing in me and getting professional guidance from, you know, the accelerator manager who in my office in Ann Arbor is Jonah Bailey, our managing partner, and we'll be transitioning to Dylan for our next cohort. Great. 
So I, I, I've heard from John and Jonah that you spent like roughly a quarter learning about the sales process. And I thought this was so neat because it's, it's, it's not very frequently that, you know, people new to Atomic, especially that our, that our makers are, are really interested in like digging into the sales process. I'd love to hear more about that experience. Yeah, definitely. So I'll kind of start at the beginning. Every quarter we set professional goals as an accelerator. So we have a little workshop and draft ideas and talk with each other about what might be good to learn. And my background is actually that both of my parents are in like what I'd call traditional sales, where they sell like a good or a service. So that's kind of an interesting area for me. I also uh, really enjoy talking to people and hearing about their unique challenges. So I thought it might be interesting or cool to learn about sales. Then I set some specific measurable things around sitting in on some sales meetings, reading a couple books that Atomic sales folks recommended. And then I spent uh, a short time interviewing all of the people in sales roles at Atomic about what sort of like aspect of their personality or culture they bring to the sales role and their experience with it. So that was really cool. I learned a lot of interesting things about the different aspects people bring to sales. I remember, Mike, you brought up feeling interested in people's unique challenges and helping uh, maintain like internal maker engagement with those challenges. And I remember Brittany talking about her different but similar perspective around being able to connect and empathize with people in order to help them solve their challenges. There's a huge variety of perspectives and sales opportunities that come in. It was fascinating to learn about Atomic's unique perspective. That's really, really cool. Um, you talked about some of the books that you read. What, uh, what, what books did you dig into? Yeah, I read Daniel Pink's... Um, to uh, Sell as Human? Yeah, To Sell as Human. Yeah, Thank you. I was blanking read. on the name. Yeah, I really enjoyed his perspective there around shifting sales from this like activity you do to sort of like a mindset where you sort of reframe like the what like a sales process is and i think atomic does that really well with us kind of calling internally sales pre-project consulting like i've heard jonah often refer to when people come in we're not so much like selling them on atomic we're really taking a more consultative approach to educating them about like our model for engagement and what it means to create software and i think that fit really well with that book so you you hit on some things you you know you you started down this this journey of sales you set some goals for yourself uh, you read some books you talked to some folks that are doing sales at Atomic were you actually able to kind of kind of dig in and like uh, like go on a real client uh, adventure Yeah absolutely I um, was able to participate in like an initial intake meeting of a client, the first on-site one, after the initial phone call with John and Elaine. I met with some folks doing really interesting work around um, generically like safety in vehicles. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really interesting to hear about their unique business challenges and hear how like John went about like picking apart that problem and sort of understanding where they're coming from. And then I worked with John on putting together like a ballpark estimate and we talked about like what a statement of work might look like. And then later for a different potential client, I worked on a a, like statement of work that went into effect. So it was really cool to get that sort of like full perspective on like what does it look like for a client to go from like triage call to signing a statement of work and what are some of the different like touch points there. I think it's also helped me. I wanted to hit on building empathy as like a maker consultant. I think that when I first started Atomic, I thought of a client's journey just of the perspective, like I start working with them when the project kicks off. That's the beginning of like their journey, but that's not really the, like that's not what's happening at like a larger scale. I think that 
now, like a few uh, kickoff I did more recently, I went into the sales repo and looked at like, okay, what like do we know about them already? You know, like I don't want to come in blind with like no knowledge. What sales artifacts are already in um, like our internal resources for that sales op? And I think that's helped me bring like a more important perspective to those meetings and definitely help me build empathy for like the folks in sales. Oh, that's a great experience. Especially you get immersed in that sales process. I feel that's one of the first touch points with um, clients where we can really start demonstrating those traits of creativity, curiosity, integrity through the transparency and our budget modeling show that we're smart. I think there's a little bit of generosity infused in there too, because we, with that consultative engagement, we, we, we give away a lot of really good ideas and good thinking. And even those budget models and proposals are pretty portable uh, plans if clients wanted to take them elsewhere. And uh, it's so different, like in, I think in Daniel Pink's book, when they talk about the old tactics used to be holding on to that knowledge asymmetry. Like we take that contrarian approach to try and reduce any knowledge asymmetry as possible, put the clients in the best informed decision to, to move forward on their project. And when Sean's hitting on knowledge asymmetry, I, I believe what you're meaning with that is the client's coming to us and, and they're worried because they feel like we're the experts in software and they might not understand software as well. So, so they're worried that we're going to take advantage of them somehow. Right. Um, and, you know, and the, the old way of selling would, would, would take advantage of this fact. Like I, I have this knowledge asymmetry, uh, over you. So I'm, I'm going to use it to kind of push my good or service. You know, I, I think what you're hitting on is like, what can we do to break down that knowledge asymmetry to make it so that this client feels really, really comfortable with us? Because at the end of the day, we are asking the client to put a tremendous amount of trust in us. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the knowledge asymmetry sort of goes goes both ways. Like we know a lot about software, but they know a lot about like their business domain. And if we want them to share that like trade secret business domain with us and the like internal rules and like business processes they use inside their company, I think being forthcoming about what we know about software sets the expectation really clearly from the beginning of an engagement about acting transparently, really. That's absolutely correct. When you were going through the the sales process, was there anything that jumped out and, and kind of surprised you? Something that maybe went not how you expected it to go? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think initially, I'd say I was just so surprised how much of the sales role is listening-based. I think that when... I went into this process, I thought about sales as like, oh, you have, you know, maybe like your information that you give to every client and it's sort of like what you seek to share. And there's a little bit of that in the pre-project consulting process, but a lot of the process is really hearing about the client's concerns and asking interesting and thoughtful questions about that and seeking to understand where they're coming from rather than like talking. It's more of a listening activity. So I think that that's really what jumps out as me is like the most surprising thing. That's a great takeaway. I've, I've found from experience doing it that really good consulting often isn't about having the right answer, but being able to ask the right questions to frame the discussion and then collaboratively driving towards answers. Yeah, absolutely. It's surprising coming in from college or, you know, like other areas and like the entire education system is about knowing answers, but it's really a, a dogma shift to think about that approach of demonstrating expertise. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. So I want to ask you some more questions about your experience in the accelerator. But before I do that, I kind of want to pivot the conversation a little bit and, and talk about the history of the accelerator atomic to just give some context. So, uh, you know, Sean, with, with this question is to you. So we haven't always done the accelerator atomic from, from your perspective. Like when, when we went down this journey of creating the accelerator, what motivated us to do it? Handful of different uh, motivators. The one that right in front of our face was hiring was hard. Uh, we were looking to hire people that were more mid-career or sometimes occasionally someone who was coming from an internship and had a few options and we were hoping they'd continue to, to come back and work at Atomic. We look for excellence in people. We're very selective on the outset and we'd even see, you know, for 100 people who might enter our funnel, there was one to three tops reaching like an all-day interview. And even then it was it was tough sometimes to get people through that, uh, either a programming challenge or through that all-day interview. So it was really hard to find good people, get them through our hiring pipeline. And it always seemed to be a little bit of a one-off. Like we'd go through a phase where we identified we wanted to grow, we'd dust off the tools, we'd go on a hiring campaign and it wasn't very efficient or effective. Exhausting. It's exhausting. Additionally, like onboarding and getting new atoms up to full speed definitely had room for improvement. Oftentimes, we'd have a culture pair. We'd put people on a team where they thought they could succeed, but that team was pretty much the, the majority of their lens into Atomic. We talked a lot about improving interpersonal consulting skills, growing as consultants. But, you know, you, if you started, maybe the project you were on was already in a phase two. And you wouldn't even see for like nine months, what was a kickoff like? So it was really, it, it took time, you know, a, a season of perhaps three years to really get the bigger picture of what was going on at Atomic. We wanted to put more intentional focus on those interpersonal and consulting skills. And also looking at that hundred year goal as a company, I want to promote from within and be able to train, you know, hire, look for, train, hire, and develop the next generation of leaders at Atomic. So I, I felt like when I started to think in like uh, longer multi-decade horizon lines, it was almost like, gosh, I have to hire somebody today who might be a maker for five to seven years and then want to take on another five years of certain operational responsibilities and maybe someone who will lead an office for a number of years and then someday lead a company. And it was like, oh my gosh, if I want to be able to leave Atomic in 20 years or so, I need to start looking right now and look for the best people and make sure we focus on developing them to bring this company into good hands. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a great description, Sean. Certainly the the, the the pains and challenges we were feeling coming into the accelerator where said like the accelerator was was the solution for a lot of these things right you know with every good solution there's there's a vision of what it could be i'd love for you to un unbundle for everyone like what what was our our vision for the accelerator so really we thought first of all like on this hiring thing like segueing into the vision it was what we have as a consultancy is amazing opportunities to work with many different clients, different industries, different technology stacks. So it was like, let's really emphasize our value proposition of teach and learn. 
We also work in cross-discipline teams that aren't part of like functional departments for that once in a blue moon innovation project. Everything we do is an innovation project on poly-skilled teams. So you get to learn even on a team, whether you're coming in from like a development or a design discipline or a delivery discipline, you, you get to play in all these adjacent spaces and poly-skilled teams. So there's a lot of learning we could offer. Wanted to accelerate that career development of Atomic's future superstars. And, and I thought, wow, like, what if we created a more structured program? I spoke earlier about that, that focused, intentional development, not only on like core maker skills to do, uh, you know, software product development, but some of the, what I think are the harder and more intangible skills on interpersonal effectiveness, like emotional intelligence, like becoming good consultants. Why, like you said, Savan, like listening and asking the right questions is more important than feeling like you have to have the right answer, which is what we're commonly taught in school is to be able to come up with the right answer on the spot. So I wanted to create like this intentional program. And um, we took a lot of inspiration. Like one of the things out there was like GE's Edison program, where they look for younger professionals coming out of undergrad programs who are brilliant And then they intentionally spread them through the organization, give them access to key individuals. They ask more of them because they're setting them up for leading future innovation in the company. And in some of my research on this, sometimes they would even partner with universities for like degree certificates or infuse like outside of GE structured curriculum. But I knew to get started, we should do something within. Like, you know, trying to go develop university partnerships was a long shot uh, to, to get something going soon. So I said, why? to me, the gauge of success was if we could put together a similar two-year program and almost think of it like uh, inside Atomic master's degree on what it means to be an amazing software consultant, I'd want people to come out of this and have the accelerator program be a feather in their cap for for the rest of their career that should make people feel pride in having gone through it, that they have respect inside the organization and outside the organization, um, and and that it becomes recognized. And and actually, as of today, uh, we're hearing companies that uh, are in parts of uh, groups of consultancies that Mike and I participate in looking to us to say, what is the secret for this program you've done? It's getting a lot of our competitors looking at us with a high degree of respect for who's in our program and the fact people are successfully uh, working through the program. People people want to copy it. And, and I remember too- like, Client, Clients do as well. Clients view it and they're asking, how can we do that here? Exactly. This is amazing. Exactly. And, and I, I remember like, like for me, like the, the mark of a successful- uh, career development accelerator would be, you know, the, the moment that like a new person gets that job offer and gets that opportunity, you know, not a job, but an opportunity to be part of, uh, um, to be part of an accelerator in one of our offices that they think to themselves, I would be crazy to pass this up. This is, this is such a tremendous opportunity. And it's been really fun to see how that's grown, the, the types of people like folks like yourself, Savan, like you're just an amazing person. You know, when we look at like the numbers like all of a sudden we're getting like hundreds of people in all of our offices that like want to be part of this program. And lots of those people are really great, highly qualified people. So like we're we are really able to like hire and select the cream of of, of a lot of a lot of local universities. So it's it's been really, really fun to develop. Yeah, I think uh, like I mentioned before. A company willing to invest like time and money and re- and people and physical resources on 
investing in a maker will attract people who are willing to do that themselves um, by advertising how much we're investing in the people in the accelerator, we will attract people who really want to invest in themselves as well. And that will make people feel like supported in that investment. I think you're, I think you're right. You know, I often think sometimes when, when I hear of other companies wanting to do this, for me, like the, the most interesting piece of special sauce to the program is like, as an organization, are you willing to be patient with Right. Like, are you willing to bring in folks that um, like are brand new to their careers and you're going to work really hard? They're going to work really hard to accelerate their careers quickly, but they are coming in with very little experience. And I find so many times like in the industry, people are looking for quick, immediate answers to like their hiring challenges. This is, I think, why so many people go after like mid-level and senior people and so few people go after like new college grads. Yeah. I think the miss there too, is they're going to go higher for skills, but they're not, they're not getting a group of people really onboarded into the culture and in the way of thinking and in the mindset of an organization also create is best done with intentionality. And I think in, in the way that we're doing this with an accelerator manager, giving intentional time and working with a group of people and that group also sharing their perceptions and experience across the organization that culture gets spread more quickly as well. And you can't do that just with throwing money at the problem and trying to hire people with a little more career experience. Yeah. So I'd love to, to, to kind of quickly heat up the cooling tower a little bit. We've talked a lot about motivations behind the accelerator and the vision behind it and some great things that you're doing, Savan. But what I'd love to hear is like, what's, what's your experience with the accelerator been like? Like has, has the actual experience matched the vision or matched the direction? That's a great question. I think at the scale of meeting like hiring requirements and investing in people, yes, like absolutely the accelerator program has matched uh, those expectations. And on a more individual level, I think as someone who was joining Atomic who didn't know, I hadn't worked at Atomic yet and I was considering the job offer, there was this like promise of investment and increased opportunity. And I think I've definitely that has been met absolutely as well. I think that I recognized, and I think a lot of people do, that Atomic is a small company where you get out what you put in, in terms of your investment into the program. And when I think about what I've done and what many of my peers have done in my cohort, we've learned about a huge variety of topics from finance to sales to generative art, like programmatically generated, to video game development, to all sorts of languages and tech stacks, and like, you know, blogging requirements. And I think that the Accelerator program is such a unique opportunity for people to, who are just coming out of their career, have maybe like, like myself, no idea where they see themselves in five to 10 years and what their goals are yet, but want to take the time to explore and try new things and really feel supported in that endeavor. And I think that that has definitely been like a really positive experience for myself. So being, you know, on the uh, kind of the second side of the accelerator, right? Like you're, you're closer to being uh, accelerated than you are to, to starting, right? What, what advice would you give to, to someone brand new? So someone who's going to start, you know, next spring? Yeah, that's a great question. I think something I've 
thought about a lot is how I can make the most of the next, like, um, you know, just over six months or so in the program as it, you know, begins to end and is a little bittersweet. I think that the key to the program and finding success is feeling ownership over it. You know, the program isn't like, oh, my accelerator manager asked me to come to this meeting. They asked me to read this book. The program is like feeling empowered to become the consultant you want to become. And owning that experience and bringing like, I one day want to be able to run a company or I one day want to be able to become a video game developer. Like recognizing like your large external goals and figuring out how you can fit that into the program and get like exactly what you want out of it. I remember the very first day of the accelerator, Jonah had us do this remembering the future exercise. Um, You're probably familiar with it, but Mm -hmm. for folks who aren't, you put yourself in your shoes five to two years later and think about like, where do I want to be? And so two years is the end of the program, was the end of the program for me uh, at that time. And then five years was sort of that like potential transition to like tech lead or, you know, other experiences. And thinking about that was really impactful and informative for what I wanted to be doing in the next two years to get myself there. So that would be the advice I give is to that's, that's amazing take time to reflect. Mm-hmm. I really like that perspective. It's uh, part of that vision I've always felt and part of that teach and learn at Atomic isn't here's the specific mold you need to fit to succeed, but it's we know that there's a generally applicable set of skills that we are going to be a little prescriptive of, uh, you know, based on our years of experience, but then how how also can we shape this experience to get you to where you want to be and what's the what's that personal goal you want us to help guide or pull out the best in you already to get what you want yeah absolutely and i think it's it's a big ask for young people coming out of college to really think critically about their experience and where they want to become but i've seen a lot of people you know really step up to that challenge and feel empowered by it I have a strong hunch that you're going to hit that five-year goal of being a tech lead much sooner than five years. Yeah. I mean, it's like a general, you know, like the five years to the day is uh, a little flexible. I think that it's about the bigger picture than just like a quarter from now. Yeah. 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 So I hope so. No, I totally see it. And And I suspect, you know, being 18 plus months in, you can see that a lot clearer than you could when you started. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's 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 great to see to see the growth and just know that, that you can do it. Mm-hmm. So thank Thanks, you Mike. thank you so much for uh, taking the time with us today. It was excellent connecting. We'll uh, we'll talk again next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here. Thanks, Yvonne.